Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode 26, The Mysterious Death of Tim Molnar. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works. I'm your host, Ash, and this week's episode is a very interesting one. It's about the mysterious death of Tim Molnar. This is such an interesting case, and I'm really excited to share it with you. I'll discuss my thoughts about it later because I really don't want to give anything away yet. My first and only announcement is if you could please just rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcast from. It really helps the show out. Other than that, I don't have anything else, so let's just get right into the case. Tim was born Timothy Molnar in the year 1964. At the time of his disappearance in 1984, he was 19 years old, and he was studying aeronautical mechanics at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida, where he was living. In a 1995 Unsolved Mysteries episode, his mother would describe him as quiet, but a very good kid, and he had no problems whatsoever. 19-year-old Tim left his home on the morning of January 24, 1984. He dropped his 14-year-old brother Frank off at school, and no one had heard from him since. In the Unsolved Mysteries episode, his brother Frank said that even though they had an age difference, they were still pretty close. It was very unlike Tim to just up and leave without saying anything to his family, so of course they became worried and called the authorities. Unfortunately, they would not hear anything until two weeks later, and that's when they would hear that on the day he vanished, he would go to a gas station in Lake City, Florida, which is about two and a half hours north of where Tim lived, and that he paid for a tank of gas using his parents' credit card. The attendants at the gas station said that he was traveling alone, and they remembered his car because it was a Dodge Dart. And he was driving his 1969 Dodge Dart, which he absolutely loved. After this, they received word from an Atlanta, Georgia auto impound company, and they said that he left his vehicle there, which was one block away from the Greyhound bus station, six days after he was last seen at the gas station. His family, of course, went up there, and in the car, which was his, they found his driver's license, wallet, credit card, and other items, and they thought, hmm, maybe he changed his identity? Because if he was changing his identity, he wouldn't need his old license or credit card or anything like that. It's kind of strange how he left behind his car that he loved so much. But if he was changing his identity, he probably wouldn't want anyone to find him with that. Several items from his car were missing, however. And these were a tool set, a bicycle, and a stereo. And these items are different because they were expensive. They also found he took almost all of his money out of his savings account, leaving only $10 in there. And maybe that's because he wanted to come back one day and wanted to have the account still updated. That's certainly what his family believed. 
They believe this so much, that's what they said in the Unsolved Mysteries case. They believe that he just wanted to change his identity and that they wanted him to come back. So they suggested that whatever happened, he should just come back. Tim's case first appeared on Unsolved Mysteries on November 17, 1995. At the end of the episode, they stated that if Tim came back, he was heir to a $50,000 fortune because a relative of his had passed away. And this would be about $128,000 in today's day. So after the first airing of the Unsolved Mysteries episode, nothing happened. There was no new evidence. No one had heard anything else. So the case just kind of sat quietly for a little while. And if you think that's the end of the story, it is definitely not. The episode aired again on January 31st, 1996. Now this time, a man named Stephen Cole called the number on the Unsolved Mysteries case. If you have any information, please call this number. And he did because he recognized Tim's clothes because he found this body on a frozen body of water in Wisconsin 10 years earlier. And this was in Waukesha County, Wisconsin. He remembered finding this body because it probably stood out to him. It's not every day you find a body. And he remembered the clothes a person was wearing. So he contacted the number and then he contacted the medical examiner who then contacted Tim's family to get some DNA samples together. The body was confirmed to be Tim's through DNA testing. And there were also keys found on it that matched the locks of the Molnar home. So it was definitely Tim's body. And this was found in Wisconsin over a thousand miles away from his house. His body was identified, but his cause of death could not be determined. There were no signs of trauma, which doesn't necessarily mean that nothing bad happened. There was also no clues as to why he was in Wisconsin at the time. Tim's mother, Helen, gave an interview to the Associated Press after the body was found, and she said that the discovery of his body put her mind at ease a little bit, but still left the family with a lot of unanswered questions, like how did he really die and why was he in Wisconsin in the first place? You know, what really happened? His family was able to get a little bit of closure. They held a memorial service for him and had him buried in Daytona Beach, Florida, where his home was. His death and the circumstances surrounding it are definitely still a mystery. And unfortunately, with all this time that has passed, it looks like we're probably never going to get any answers on this. We do know that he drove from his house in Daytona Beach to Atlanta, Georgia, but we have no idea what happened to him next and how he ended up in Wisconsin. There are a few theories about what happened that I have found online, and we will talk about some of them. And honestly, I have no idea what could have possibly happened, so I'm just going to state the facts and what we know. The first one, of course, is mental illness. Every time someone goes missing, mental illness is thought to be involved somehow at first because it's likely that someone can have a mental breakdown of some sort and then run off to start a new life somewhere or something like that or try to escape from what they think is coming after them. And unfortunately, we have seen this happen before in other cases. 
Now, this theory is kind of unlikely, I think, because he's got no sign of mental illness at all during his life. His family said that there was no signs of any kind of mental illness during the time of his disappearance. And his brother, who was the last person to talk to him in the family when he dropped him off for school that day, said that he was acting normal and like nothing was wrong. There are some mental illnesses that manifest in early 20s or late teens. So maybe he could have had something that no one really saw any signs for, possibly. But that seems to be a stretch because they probably would have noticed something at some point in the days leading up to what happened. But we can never really know for sure. I just don't think this is that likely because there were absolutely no signs whatsoever of anything like this. Another possible theory is that he just went to a new place to start a new life. And his family seemed to believe that. They said so in the Unsolved Mysteries episode. So maybe it's possible that he started a new life in Wisconsin. That doesn't really explain his death, but since there was no sign of trauma, maybe he was just met with a lot of elements of the cold winter that he couldn't prepare for and he succumbed to the elements or something like that. Maybe it was some sort of accident. Or taking the weather out of the equation, maybe it was just some sort of accident and he actually did go up there to start a new life and unfortunately an accident just occurred or something like that. He was found in the woods of Wisconsin and he was frozen in ice. So it seems kind of odd that they would just be some sort of accident. And that kind of goes into the next theory, which is maybe this was a murder. There are several ways which this could have gone. Maybe he went up there to meet with someone. And back then, meeting with strangers really was considered bad. So maybe he just didn't tell anyone he was meeting someone else. I don't know. So maybe he just went up to meet someone for whatever reason. And then he realized he was in a bad situation, but it was too late. And the person took advantage of this and killed him. It leaves a lot of questions, that's for sure. Possibly, maybe he met someone while he was in Wisconsin, and for whatever reason, that person killed him. Who knows? There was no sign of trauma on his body, but that doesn't necessarily mean that a murder didn't take place. I mean, he could have been poisoned or giving some sort of drugs to make him overdose, and then that person could have moved his body to the lake somehow, and it looked like there were no signs of trauma, but it was all internal. Who knows? Again, anything else is just speculation, but I think these are some of the main theories that are out there as to what really happened to Tim Molnar. No matter what happened, it is a very sad story, and it's very sad for his family. I think what's interesting is that in a lot of these disappeared cases, there's at least some sort of hint as to what happened. Like maybe there was a mental breakdown that the person had. There were signs of that. Or, you know, this person is definitely acting suspicious and, you know, maybe this person did something. But in this case, there's absolutely none of that. There's just no signs of anything that happened. And no one really knows. And unfortunately, it looks like no one will ever know what happened. 
I think that's why I wanted to do this case because it's just so different. There's just absolutely no ideas out there as to what really happened. There's theories, yeah, like I said, but there's really no evidence supporting anything one way or the other. The only real silver lining in this is that the program, Unsolved Mysteries, did lead to his family getting some sort of closure as to finding the body, even though it left them with a lot more questions. But it's really amazing how programs like that, especially back then before the internet was real big and anything like that, were able to reach out to all these people across the country and able to get some answers. So that is the disappearance of Tim Molnar. And it was definitely an interesting case. A 19-year-old man just vanishes completely. He takes off, goes to Atlanta, and then his body's found in Wisconsin. But no one knows what really happened to him. This is one of those cases that just makes you really think. And I know it made me think a lot. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm your host, Ash, and if you're new here, each week I bring you a new case in true crime. One more time, if you could just remember to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps the show and helps others find the show, too. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. If you have any ideas for upcoming cases, you can email me truecrimeworks at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram, truecrimeworks, and you can see the logo on there. I check that pretty much every day. I hope you all have a great week and I look forward to talking to you next week.